right. This time we're going to be prepared. We're going to have adventure stuff with us. Exactly. Gear. We're going to plan. potions. We're going to plan. We're going to prepare. We're going to train for this. We're going to get ready. We're going to get pumped. Okay. So here's what we need to do. We need to hold up the cripple. Exactly. I have a very firm business model when it comes to bandits. It's a two-step program. Get mugged. Profit. Benavir! I hear the cry of the great doo-doo bird. I must fly. You know what everyone likes when they're tired? Tall glass of juice. What is it? Why are you following me? Well, I knew you were a hotshot. I didn't think your room was going to be all the way up here, though. You all get ready to head out of Lamb's Respite, beginning another journey. Foundlings, and welcome back to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is Season 1, Episode 40. Yay! I am your host and Game Master for this series, campaign, and episode. My name is Emily, and today I am accompanied by one of the boys! One of us! Hi, I'm Quentin. Uh, I normally am the GM for the Sword Art Online Odd campaign, but here I just play Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, currently a glorified escort for this cargo. Hello, my name is Jaden, and I'll be playing Finnevere Avir, a bard and escort quest enthusiast. Well, he's usually the one being escorted, but... I do like my escorts. (laughs) (laughs) Besides being distracted, let's get started. The newly formed party has begun their journey to Senai to deliver some goods on behalf of Grobin. But not all have the same goal. With orders from uh, certain individuals, some people, names undisclosed, uh, <clears throat> are told to go complete quests in addition to the party going off to deliver something. <laughs> yes, that was as discreet as I could go. Who knows? Because I realized um, Jaden does not know anything else going on. It's beautiful. All right. Um, for those yeah. listening, did, did yeah, C- I'm legit in the dark. Did Cece get a side quest? What? I, you know, I bet it's Valen. Co- it probably, he's an overachiever. You guys have been traveling for a little while from Lamb's Respite. It's about midday at this point. You've gone through some of the plains and traveled through fields, which seem to be owned by a relatively large farmstead known as Bright Fur Farms which extends for miles along the roads you're traveling. All owned by one one entity? Finnevere, I want to be them. Yeah, Finnevere, as you're riding through, you see the various signage labeling the different fields for Brightfur Farms, and this spurs some ideas in your mind about what you would like to do in the future. And yet here you are traveling on your newly painted wagon, which is currently being pulled by one of Valen's mounts, an Aquinthian, or as Finnevere, you essentially would know it more like, it's your generic horse. And for Charles Smoots, once again, you are near one of these strange equine creatures that has that snakish-like skin. Oh, is it one of those crazy snake horses that we saw when we were back in uh, 
That place? Ashby? Yeah, that place. Yo, we're having to go really what a far throwback. back. Oh, yeah, like yeah. episode 10. Yes. This horse like creature has smooth skin with scales, almost like a snake. It has patterns that are also similar, with several eyes on its face, as well as gills on its neck. And you notice that occasionally, as you've been riding, Valen or Farron will go over and apply some sort of liquid as if to keep the creature's skin moist. But so far through the rolling hills, there really hasn't been too much going on. Just a nice, quiet, and peaceful ride. Of course, your wagon is only able to carry up to 1,000 pounds, and it seems that what you're carrying isn't very large. You have three small-sized crates, accompanied by what appears to be some sort of a scroll case, and there's actually five of them. And these are the goods that you are transporting, although it wasn't directly shared what it is that you are carrying. All right, good to know. Around about how much does that all weigh? So you notice that when you were lifting them into the wagon, two of the crates seem to be relatively heavy, but no more than you could lift above your head at 50 pounds. And the third of the small crates is about 25 And meanwhile, the five scroll cases are about a pound each, and they seem to be watertight. It's okay. We're not fording the river. (laughs) That's what you think. What if we have to? No. End of mission. No no, no fording river. Oregon Trail, guys. You going to live on the Oregon Trail? You know, the whole thing about Oregon Trail is that lots and lots of people died taking it, right? Oh, that's unfortunate. That's what it's real life famous for. Well... Currently, you are aware that this journey could take around about a month from Lamb's Respite all the way to Senai. And of course, you seem to be traveling along the main road at this time. However, let's just do a quick party recap since it's been a while since everyone's been described. You, Charles Smoot and Benavir Avir. Charles being a gruff older man with a perpetual scowl set in his features. And Benavir, a young man with brown hair, neatly tied back, and who is likely strumming upon his lute, are sitting in the front of the wagon on the driver's bench. In the back of your wagon, however, occupying the remaining space next to the cargo, you have David, a heavy-set, darker-skinned man who has been slowly assimilating to the culture, but continues to sport his cream-colored flat cap. And Kelsey, a young woman who shares some resemblance to Cece, but with darker hair and a far calmer demeanor. She clutches to the moss-green jacket that she arrived with, and tailing behind on their own mount, John Xavier, a relatively new member of the party, and barely even a member at that. He steers the Aquinthian with Cece perched in front of him, He seems a bit younger than Charles, but appears more tired, though equally as unkempt, save for his prosthetic arm, which is in pristine condition. And Cece, a plucky young woman, who could easily be mistaken for a child simply due to her behavior. She's almost scowling equally as big as Charles Smoot right now, probably because John's keeping her on his Aquinthian and won't let her leave. Finally, we have the two outsiders, the Vayfair duo. Since the lawn part of the trio is uh, 
currently staying behind in Lamser's fight. Valen seems to be the leader of that group. Another young man with stark white hair who is typically well-dressed and recently discovered by the group to have deep pockets. And then there's Farron, who is currently riding on the back of Valen's Aquinthian, a stern but caring young woman with reddish-brown hair swept over to the right side. She occasionally seems to be digging through her alchemist's kit and trying to mix a few things together. You could tell that when your party was followed by John, Valen seemed a little bit leery about the situation, and they seem to be keeping their distance from each other, though. Uh, I'd like to have a little chat with uh, Valen, if we have time for that. Okay. He is currently riding sort of alongside the cart on the left side, and you are sitting in the driver's seat, which is next to Charles Moot. I'll try to get his attention. Um, so, Valen. It doesn't seem hard to get his attention by saying his name. He looks over towards you. Did you get my present? What? I don't understand what you're referring to. Uh, the wine. Ah, yes. Unfortunately, I did not have time to... Indulge. I saved it for the next time I went to a business venture with another. That kind of a celebratory start. He seems to nod in understanding. Have you been to Senai before? He sort of turns his head to the side and sort of chuckles. <laughs> yes, I have. So perhaps you've taken this road before. Uh, would you say it's traditionally eventful? I can't say. I haven't traveled it often. But uh, no significant encounters, right? None that I know of. Pardon, I don't mean to pry. You hear as Farron speaks up. No, don't worry about it. But I will say, we should always be careful about what is happening on the road. Uh, I would agree. I hear that same uh, adage from caravanners that would come through town uh, growing up. So long had I wanted to be out on the road, see what it would be like day to day, instead of being stuck in one place. You hear Kelsey kind of snicker in the background as you start talking. And then she kind of seems to mumble something in the back. Can I try to pick up on that? Yes, you may. You may roll perception, as would Charles Smoot if you would like, if he cares. He is currently uh, brushing up on his Arthal okay. while he's just sitting in the side, passenger side. 19. You turn back, trying to catch what she's saying. And as you do, you notice that she's leaning over and saying something to David. And you catch her saying, looks like he's going on his monologue again. <laughs> Oh, man, can I roll for, like, epic monologue? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Orphan child picked up by the inn owner. Stuck in small town. Oh, no, no, no. This is, like, you know, the start of an adventure. Together, the start of a new bonding business partnership. You give this very inspiring monologue about yourself. And then you also advertise your profit of profit. Uh, and everyone is now somewhat interested in the profit of profit. Oh, great. Does that mean I get to go over the tenets of greed? Absolutely. If you want to go over the tenets of greed, I will allow this. Ben <gasps> says, this is my time. Smoot, hold the reins. Wait, what? Ben will stand up, turn around, and set his boot on the back of his seat. Ben, what are you doing? Have you not heard <laughs> Clear the air. Your attention, if you please. Let us begin our journey by reviewing the tenets of greed. G for generosity. The path to true riches is paved by investing in those around you. R for reputation. No treasure that one acquires can replace a merchant's good standing. And E for economy. Ensure that your business is healthy to the businesses of those around you. E for ethics. 
the code of conduct by which we order ourselves, lest our business fall into chaos and malpractice. And finally, D for desire. Without ambition, our business is destined to die, for it is the force that drives every innovation and investment. Let our business venture flourish by our virtue and our pockets be filled by our efforts. Wow. So he really thinks that we should be greedy. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Agreed. As you finish telling about greed, you just hear Cece's shout from behind. Greed is good. John, very confused. What the heck? I don't quite understand, but all right. I don't usually think we say greed is good, but I can understand the acronym. Generally, I would think you would try and pick uh, an acronym that has less negative associated connotations, but... Uh, uh, reached. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I, I feel like you could just like change Drake? the words around. Drake. Yeah, add a few things, get a different word in there, something, I don't know. Uh, well, if you want to write your own sequel to Profit of Profit, I will read it. <laughs> Why don't you patent it so no one else can write anything about it? And then you have the exclusive rights. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've been over this, and the, I don't know if this world has a patent system yet. You hear as Baron kind of laughs. <laughs> so are you trying to become a merchant thing? It's a bit odd since you've joined the Seekers Guild. Absolutely. Uh, but I don't think I have enough knowledge of the world to even begin. Trade is all about insider knowledge of where cheap goods lie in abundance and where the need lies to transport those goods. Balin speaks up. Well, if you're looking to become a merchant, Senai is a great place to get started. And so I heard. I'm quite excited to see what's there. All right. So your conversation concludes and you continue to ride on. By about later in the day, towards the evening, you actually see over to the right, there appears to be a free-roaming flock of sheep just wandering in a field nearby. And evening comes, and you all have to settle down and, well, take your watches. I don't have evening setups. I have my literal watch, so does everyone else get watches too? No, not like that. Um, So you guys have a set rotating shift that you all agree upon, and since you'll be going over this for multiple days, everyone ends up taking turns. Are we near the sheep? There was a herd not that far behind you guys. They do seem to be roaming quite freely in the nearby plain. Is there a reason you're asking? I look at everyone and be like, trail rations suck. Anyone want mutton for dinner? The land here is owned, as are the animals. Those look like free-range sheep to me. Does anyone else chime in? I thought we were in the wilderness on the trail. If those sheep ain't branded... That looks like dinner. You do not get any complaints from anybody. Most people seem to be setting up their own areas. Actually, John is currently setting up a space for Cece and a tent, and so are the other two. Meanwhile, David and Kelsey are just waiting to see what you guys wanted to do. David, of course, being quite reluctant to have to go out into the field at dark. Ah, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it myself. I grab my lantern, I, uh, just in case I'm not back before it is dark. I'll be back in a jiffy, everybody. Does Finnevere know that explicitly the sheep would definitely be owned? You could roll a knowledge local. Okay, I will do that. That would be a 14. 
You do not know if these sheep are owned by anybody, but you've seen a lot of the land was claimed by Brightfur Farms with signage posted around. But for the past few miles, you haven't really seen any of that signage, so you're not exactly sure. All right. I'll see where the cards fly. Cerulean, stay. I'll be back. All right. Uh, and Charles Smoot is off. Bastard sword and masterwork knife in hand. Crouching. Stealthing. Going in as to not startle the flock. You begin making your way out into the field, hoping to come across some of the sheep that you had passed earlier. You are by yourself. Go ahead and roll a survival check for me if you're going to attempt to track. Survival total 26. You do notice that a lot of this grass has been chewed and trampled down by probably a herd of sheep that has recently passed through. If you follow for a bit longer, you think you might come up upon them. I would do so. Uh, as I feel like I would be approaching closer, I would attempt to stealth so as to not startle them. Okay. Um, you then can roll your stealth. You would probably start stealthing as soon as you get close enough to hear them. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just have you roll a regular perception to make sure that you do hear them. Okay. Perception of 23. All right. After about 10 minutes of walking into the night and through the fields, you do hear the sound of bleating from sheep. I would then uh, like to stealth and try and see if I can find one that's not near the rest of the, the flock. Okay. So you're going to stealth. You are at a minor penalty if you continue to carry your lantern with you. Oh, I, w I wouldn't have lit in the lantern yet. You haven't lit it? No. Okay. Um, the sun is beginning to set. It is dim light at this point. That's fine. Uh, humans can still see well enough in dim but light. But by the time you probably go back, it'll be dark. Yeah, I'll light the lantern then. That's just what I brought it with me for. Uh, my stealth total, even though it is one of Charles Smith's worst and most abysmal stats, uh, is a total 18. All right. I'm going to use all my good rolls on the sheep murder. All right. Charles Smith, you begin stealthing your way towards this herd of sheep that you can clearly hear and see their silhouettes illuminated in the dying light of the day. Do I see any, like, with my perception, would I have seen any, like, shepherds nearby? You did not see any shepherds. All right, I'm assuming they're free range. These, these wild sheep. No need to fear. Yeah. All right. And as you begin moving forward, you're being careful of where you step, hopefully not crunching too roughly on the grasses. You make your way forward, and you do see there appears to be a sheep that has somewhat separated from the rest of the herd. She seems to be grazing currently, while the others are starting to settle down for the evening. All right, now correct me if I'm wrong. If I attack from a stealthed position, I get a surprise round, and in a surprise round, they're denied their dexterity-based AC, correct? You would still roll for initiative. Yeah, you would but still I would get, get the surprise, surprise round, and then yes. it would be the initiative turn. Yeah. Sure. Um, then from stealth, I would like to charge out, drawing my bastard sword and uh, making a power attack against the sheep during my surprise round. I will let you know, though, as you begin to move forward to attack this one sheep, you seem to have been noticed by something. By what? By what, he by says. By what? Well. Is there, like, a guardian ram of the sheep? No, make a perception check. Hold on a second. There's hold, a lot hold going on. on. There's a lot going on here. Uh, how does my 13 do for perception? You are very focused on attacking the sheep. You will get your surprise attack, but you are noticed by something. That's fine. Well, I wouldn't know that, but like, let's carry on. I'm, I'm getting ready to charge this this grazing female sheep. Okay. The Go ahead sword. and roll your attack. We have a 16 to hit for Charles Smoot. That hits. What and is your damage? 
uh, and a rocking 12 damage. You take your bastard sword and you just cleave straight through part of this sheep, literally just slicing through sinew. You got your surprise attack off on the sheep. However, barreling towards you is a medium-sized ram, very upset and ready to protect his flock at all costs. Are all the other sheep running at this point? Yes. Okay. And there's only one ram. Let me double check. Oh, goodness. You <laughs> only see one ram? I only see one ram. There's like seven others waiting to come in and like kick my butt. There's only one that you can see. Can I perception to see if there are more ram? Well, currently it is this ram's turn. Oh, no! So you're going to have to hold off for your perception until That's it's your fine. turn. All right. Barreling towards you. This ram points his horns down and he is attempting to... I have been gored by a dire rabbit. Come at me. So he charges at you and he is going to attempt to... I'm going to just say this is his charge attack at you. He well, can hit me with swords. He actually comes up and he misses you by a mile. Oh, that's amazing. He essentially flies around the side. He slides in the dirt and paws at the ground. Very frustrated. Okay, uh, on my turn, uh, startled by the sudden defense of the flock, uh, Charles Smoot would survey the land to see if there are any more rams coming to kick his patukas. Kick his patukas? His patukas. Okay. Perception for more stalwart ram defenders of a 20. You do see off in the distance another ram comes barreling in. Um, just one? Yes. Okay. I think I can take two rams. I'm going to charge at this ram also okay. with my bat. I'm going to counter charge his charge. Okay. How, how far away is he? 30 feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I run up to him and I sl uh, attempt to slash at him with my bastard sword. 24 to hit. Yes, it hits. Please tell me your damage. 14 damage. You take your bastard sword and you slash down, hoping to take this thing out in one swing. Unfortunately, this creature's horns are very tough, but you do manage to graze directly into its head. It appears to be very injured right now. And one of its horns is now broken off. <gasps> That's a trophy. Hollowed out, you get a drinking cup. Oh, no. <laughs> Jaden's like, drinking cup. No, no, not ooh. I'm like, I, I'm just really worried that this is someone's pet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that is my turn. Okay. The other ram comes charging at you, but unfortunately, it takes his entire move to get up towards you, so he kind of slows and skids to a halt and starts pounding the ground with both of his hoofs as if he's getting ready. He's like trying to challenge you. Mm. Okay. So this ram that you have severely injured, it's its turn now. This ram is going to attempt to bite you. It's not missing. Raging after a charge without my shield, my AC is a seven. Well, don't worry. It bites you, but with your thick, beefy, and meaty <laughs> legs. you kidding me, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? Did it crit fail? You only take one oh. damage. One damage? Jesus. It's breathing very heavily, but it is defending at all costs. I will say, Finnevere, bunch roll perception check, by the way. That is a total of 12. Hearing the sound of battle? Don't worry, the DC is like zero, by the way. Negative 15, I heard. <laughs> so, you can very clearly hear the sound of Charles Smoot off in the distance yelling, and a bunch of sheep. Bray? Do sheep bray? Is it braying? Bleat. Bleeding? Yes. Sheep are bleeding. <coughs> uh. Wait. Hold on. So, um, also, I would also like, I, I would also like to point out the ground begins to rumble. As there is a stampede of sheep running away from me. Mm. But it seems to be coming in. Towards the camp? Towards the camp. Towards the camp? 
Is there anything really quick while Finnevere is over there? Was there anything your character was going to say? Oh, no. Before things got hectic, I was going to, like, you know, sing a little ditty and just kind of lighten the mood. But, uh, uh, rumble, rumble, rumble kind of has me concerned. This, uh, this smells of the deep doo-doo bird. I'm trying to think if Finnevere has enough information. He knows that Smoot went out there. He hears bleeding. We'll come right back to you since you're, you're think. I'll let you think it through. If there's anything. You also you said they were a mile out. Were they yeah. running a straight direction for a mile? Could they be. might not get all the way to the camp. They might not. Yeah, the wildebeest that killed Mufasa, I'm pretty sure they went a while. <laughs> they did kind of run for a hot second, we'll say. So anyway, uh, yeah, Charles Smoot, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn before the other ram? Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, the already wounded ram, we will put it out of its misery, this poor beast. It's like, it's so sad. Please roll to hit. Uh, 17 to hit. Definitely hits. Please tell me your damage. Uh, this one is only going to be nine damage. Okay. How do you kill this ram? Uh, decapitation. The, the best way. I need its head as a trophy. All right. You've already damaged the horn. The head isn't going to be as good of a trophy. But you bring your bastard sword around in an arc, swinging down using the force of gravity, and you decapitate this poor, poor ram who's just trying to do his job. Can I intimidate the other one to see if it will flee? You can attempt to intimidate it if you would like. Yeah, he's floundering for words and goes, grrr, scary man, uh, with a total of like six. Okay. Yeah, Charles Smoot, after having decapitated this other ram, you're actually somewhat surprised by how quickly it was over since you're so used to fighting things that are much larger. And you turn and kind of... Bear me. But at the same time, you don't really want to scare it off. You're actually rather enjoying this a little too much. All right. It is that ram's turn. So this ram actually charges and it manages to barrel against you with its horns. With its nice rack, you feel as your weight is shunted slightly off kilter. You take four damage, bludgeoning. I, Smoot will be intentionally aiming for not the goat's horns uh, and attempting to kill this so he can preserve the Is that the like an anti-called shot? An anti- I'm hitting everything except the head. It's like an anti-called shot, like anything but the head. Uh, okay. I get a bonus to hit. Who knows? I don't think so. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but I will be rolling to hit. Um, I will be doing a power attack with this one. Crit fail! Oh yeah, no, you were you were trying not to hit the horns, but unfortunately, you swung upward and actually doing so, you managed to graze against one of the horns and you damage it. No, that's the one thing I didn't want to do. All right, uh, that that that's my turn. Okay, it's going to attempt to bite you and try and tear off your pant leg. Not my pant leg. But I don't need worry. That. Oh. These are some really bad rolls. I'm no longer at a 7 AC. I'm at a 9 because I did not charge last turn. Okay. Well, uh, it can't get through your thick, meaty legs. Thick, meaty legs. Mama raised me good. Nah, it's really the pants. Oh, okay. Well, that Levi's. Okay. This is going to be a Felt back different. and forth. Hit it. Yep. Power attack. Crit fail. Let's see it. Who, who gets to break their low roll curse first? <laughs> This reminds me of the time I almost died to a squirrel. <laughs> Bite me. Okay. So, with that crit fail, you actually managed to do an upwards arc, but instead of actually making contact with the creature, you feel as you kind of lose your grip somewhat on your own weapon. It's fine. Let's go flying. Yeah. That's fine. I have a Masterwork Dagger as backup. Yeah. You, you were, your hands were kind of soaked in blood a little bit. That's a good bit. point. Capitation will do that to you. Yeah, it was like blood splatter. All right. 
Well, now it's this ram's turn to hit. My whole nine AC. It does not hit. Amazing. It attempted to bite into your other pant leg, but unfortunately, these, what, what type of jeans? Levi, uh, Wrangler, Levi's, who knows? These, just, these Levi's. They're built different. These Levi's. Levi's built different. Are, these Levi's are definitely built different. This this ram does not know how to get through them. Roll your hit. Uh, I would draw out my masterwork knife. Okay. And attempt to strike it with a power attack. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was it? Does uh, an 11 hit? No. <laughs> a one, a one, and a four on my dice rolls. You right. try to hit this poor ram who's trying to defend his flock of women, but now he's the only man in the house, so he gets a bunch of women. Anyway. Shoot. Go, go, go away. Uh, so you try and stab into this ram with your yep. dagger, but unfortunately, you whiff just shy of it, and you actually feel your hand kind of get bounced back by the horns as it's sort um, of amazing pounding into your leg. I'm going <laughs> to roll its attack. Hey, it definitely hits this time. There and we you, go. It sort of like rears up on its legs, and it pounds into your side and you take four bludgeoning damage. Hey, they finally got through my Barbarian Rage temp HP. Are you raged? Yeah. Wow. You raged for some shit. Hey, th th these some spooky rams. I'm used to getting gored and impaled and nearly dying. I don't trust anything in this world. All right. Uh, I will roll the stab with, with my Masterwork Dagger and okay. another power attack. Roll the hit. Oh, the, whole, the dice roll was an eight, which means we have a total... Oh, 17 to hit. It definitely hits. 13 damage. This ram has taken a good amount of damage as you pierce into its side, potentially hitting a kidney, but it is not dead yet. It is going to attempt once more to ram into your hip, and it does so, and you take six bludgeoning damage. Ah, you gotta be careful. Old men struggle with hip dysplasia. Finnevere, uh, currently there is a herd of sheep stampeding <laughs> towards... The party, and by this point, they'd probably be like within view. Uh, I'll yell, on your feet, incoming. Okay. And, Everyone uh, responds. All right, then I'll give my warning. I'll try to grab some torches out of my pack, throw them in the fire, and I am going to run out and try to dissuade the herd. Sure, you can attempt to do so. And I'll calling for help. Okay. The other party members seem to grab some torches and start waving them around in the air and also charge out of the field to try and redirect the herd from trampling over the campsite. I scream a kind of loud cry to maybe try to intimidate them or to, uh, like, you know, uh, you tell me what it would be to try to dissuade them. Well, since you've done a lot of movement, I'm going to say that's the end of your turn and we're going to go right back into the combat over here. Hopefully get that over with. Um, Charles Smoot. Is. Charles Smoot is your turn. All right, uh, rolling to hit. Well, that's going to hit. That is a total 24 to hit. That definitely hits. Please roll damage. Uh, we're only going to be doing seven damage this time. Okay. You bring your dagger back down, and you manage to pierce up a little bit higher, but as you do so, you feel as the creature's body goes limp, and one last sigh of air exhales from it. And you are now out of combat. Meanwhile, at the campsite, you see as the herd begins to sort of divert away from you and goes actually around the campsite, avoiding the flames and fire. Although some parts of the camp do get trampled, everyone seems to be okay by the end of it. And Charles Smoot returns with... A, a sheep and two rams. How are you carrying all that? Because we, we're going to consider it look kind of bulky. What's your weak capacity, man? Uh, pretty big, actually. I'm a I'm big strong lad. 
My heavy load is 175 pounds and you can drag, I believe, quadruple your heavy load. Okay. How are you going to drag all the bodies? Uh, there are three bodies. That is a lot of bodies, I will grant you. Um, I'm fine with you dragging. You just got to figure out how you're going to get them back. Uh, I will. I want to grab the, the horn that got broken off and put that in my backpack. Okay, you do so. You have one horn. Um, I'll leave the decapitated goat head. Okay, you leave the decapitated goat head for the vultures. Yeah, and I... No, it's ram's head, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a good point. Decapitated ram's head for the vultures. And out of the three, which two are the largest? I'm assuming the rams. The ram would be larger. Okay, so I would just grab basically the back hooves of either ram in my hands and just drag them behind me. So I'm only taking two back right now. Okay, so the ram that you are currently attempting to drag is about 250 pounds while the female is around 99 okay my maximum drag capacity is 875 pounds then you would be able to drag them both and you start making your way back slowly and the sun has also set so you have to light your lantern and now you're carrying that in your mouth as you drag these two creatures behind you you make it back to camp and you see that there has been a sort of Perfuffle here. Oh, well, looks like you guys had fun. <laughs> yes, fun. Fun is exactly what I would call it. John sort of speaks up. Then he goes back over to his camp and starts setting back up his tent. I would uh, schluff off dragging the uh, ram and sheep over by the fire and then just drop them off there. I'll be back. There's a third one. It's quite the haul. Also, you look a little roughed up. You look uh, worse than uh, the frog attack that... Uh... You mean the frog that tried to eat you, Mr. Benavir? I was about to say, comparatively to you, generally, uh, I don't look as worse for wear. Uh, it's just a bruised hip. I should be fine. Actually, there was a guard back in my old town named Frederick that was attacked by a frog. Terrifying sight. A story for later. CC is interested in the story, but... Baron, when you come back with the other sheep, she does offer to patch up your wounds or look at you if you would like. Are you saying that I was able to go back and yes. collect a third one as well? Yes. Wonderful. Um, yeah, absolutely. If she's offering any form of medical assistance, I would gladly take it. Did you bring the head back? Goat head? Sheep. Ram. A ram head? You said you left it specifically earlier, so I'm clarifying. Mm, I could carry it pretty easy. Okay, so you're not leaving it for the vultures. I guess not. No evidence. Okay, there's a lot of blood in the field as he starts no bringing this back. There's no evidence that there was a fight here or that these sheep have trampled through a lot of the plain. And, no know, evidence. That they leveled up as they ran through the field and killed other things. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, Charles Smoot, you have sheep. I do. You gotta figure out what you did with them. Oh, I'm gonna gut them. Okay. Skin them. Survival. Yeah, gut them, skin them. And this is how the episode Tearing went, their meat, ladies tanning and their hide. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Oregon Trail style. It was not not planned for that at all. Uh, total 23 on Charles Smith's survival. Uh, you are able to gut the sheep and the ram and do manage to skin them, though it takes you a good bit of time. And you do get some complaints from the girls about skinning them near the camp. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I need the firelight in order to be able to do any of this. Oh, what we need to do is we need to make some large arches if we can find some wood and uh, smoke them. They'll preserve for way longer. John sort of chuckles and then speaks up. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed, but there's not a lot of trees around and it's dark late. And yeah, that's it. Do you have any salt still, Finnevere? Salted meat will last a lot longer. 12 pounds. If we cook it, it'll last for a couple of days at the very least. But yes, they're 
So, well, probably not. Hmm. I didn't really bring an entire cauldron to salt it in. Uh, we'll just have to rub it on. Uh, that would work, I guess. But it's going to take a while. A few hours at least. And it's late. I'll leave it to you guys then. Uh, Charles, if you'd like for me to look at your wounds, I can. That's fine. It should just be a bruised hip. I'll sleep most of it off. So, Charles Smoot, with some help from Finevere and some from Cece, which is not really that much help, you manage to salvage about 80 pounds of meat before you both become exhausted and need to sleep. And then when you get up the next morning, you're still feeling quite tired. Additionally, also, you did manage to get uh, about, I think it's 100 pounds from the wool. I, I now just rest for most of the carriage ride, just just chilling. I did my work. Well, luckily for you, another few days go by with little incident. Uh, you pass through some beautiful valleys and hills until one evening you settle down and your group actually begins to make ram some... Stew. Yes, yeah. ram stew with the stuff you got. But you continue onward. Nice ram stew we got here. Oh, I wonder who we can thank for the... Uh... Provisions for that. Thank you, Mr. Smoot. Oh, 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 it's so kind of you to mention something. Well, if you didn't brag so much earlier today, I think I would have thanked you sooner. But this has been going on for about six hours now. Please stop. I'm sorry. Did anyone else fight two rams at the same time? I don't think so. That's all I'm saying. You hear John speak up in the back. A great feat, I'm sure. There are eight of them, in fact. That's Sorry. a lie. <laughs> what? No, the feet, because they're four, four, they're quadrupedal creatures. Okay, so you're trying to make a really That's bad, a bad joke. pun. Bad pun. Nobody gets it. Ah, whippersnappers. You hear um, John sort of speak up as you guys continue on. By this point, it's been about a week since you left Lambs or Spite, and Valen warns, we should be coming upon the bridge soon. I hope you are ready for passing through the border. Border? What's this? Do I need a passport? We're heading into Rayland. Oh, uh, uh, what? The kingdom of Rayland. Anyone want to give me, like, the too-long-didn't-read of that? Uh, well... Cece shouts from behind you guys, trying to make sure you can hear her really well. It's a kingdom, and that's all we got! Phelan sort of sighs. <sighs> yes, Rayland is a kingdom. And we are heading to the capital, which is called Senai. Any other questions? Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the jurisdiction of the Red Guard, really not extending this far, right? Make a perception check. Total 14 for Charles Smith. Okay. Uh, Finnevere, were you interested in looking and listening in this conversation? Oh, he's always listening, waiting for an opportunity to butt his nose in. Okay. If you wanted to roll a perception check, I would ask that you do so. 20 total. Charles, since today you are the one that is driving the wagon, you're not really paying too much attention to his reaction, but Vinevere, you do make note that Valen sort of furrows his brow and tightens his grip on the reins, and Farron seems to peek around towards him in a nervous manner, though this reaction is hidden away quickly as he sees you staring at him, and he speaks back up. The Red Guard have no jurisdiction in Rayland. They come from the southern region from another kingdom. They have no business up here, so there's no need to worry. Good, that's what I like to hear. So, you continue on your journey. 
making your way towards this bridge that Valen has mentioned. And along the way, at about midday, once again, you start coming around a hill. You come upon what appears to be a figure sitting on the side of the road on a rock leaning there. And you can see that there is a bridge up ahead nearby, maybe about a mile or two away. Be careful. Look out for any trolls. I don't think there are trolls here. What? Are you kidding me? Uh, Maybe you are the troll, but... (laughs) I'm just saying there are a lot of trolls back where I came from. A bunch of people just constantly, like, inciting uh, angry responses just for the fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't know how to take that. Is that what trolls do in your lore? Well, in ours, they attack wandering ventures or small children. Yeah, generally under bridges. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was a joke because uh, you see the word was readopted and uh, later used in slang terminology for people who, who would basically make fun of others for amusement. You guys come closer towards this figure who's sitting on the side of the road, and you see that this person seems to wave towards you. Uh, I'll wave back. <laughs> you just wave back? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll mimic his gesture. You see that this figure seems to be gesturing towards you coming closer. Oh, uh, then I won't I won't mimic that. That'd be weird. <laughs> you come closer. No, you come closer. <laughs> All right, can, uh, are we approaching or are we like getting ready to pass them? Because I will halt the carriage, the you, wagon if near be. Uh, you are beginning to come upon them relatively quickly since your carriage is moving and they're not that far ahead of you. I'll halt the wagon as we approach, slowing it down. And you hear as Valen um, sort of studies his horse. Steady. Uh, uh, hello there, traveler. Uh, he- hello, dear travelers, yes. Watch out, this might be a troll. <laughs> it seems that this person that you have come upon is what looks to be like an older woman, and also sounds somewhat like that. She's dressed in a tattered cloak that seems to wrap fully around her body, she seems to have a sack slung over her shoulder, and her face is shrouded by her hood. In her right hand, she has a cane that she's leaning on, and she seems to be keeping her hood down, as if maybe shielding from the sun. Pardon me, but would you happen to be able to help an old woman cross the bridge? Well, I, I don't see why not. We should have plenty of room in the wagon. Everyone, you can, you, can you make room back there? Yes, you hear Cece shout. Although I'm not on the wagon, so I don't think it matters. Fair enough. I think we have enough space. I can suck my gut in a bit and we'd be good. <laughs> uh, but of course, uh, as I, I would gesture for her to make her way to the back of the wagon, I would, I'm assuming like I can, I would turn to John and gesture for him to come closer. Okay, uh, John. Well, I'm helping her into the rear of the, the, okay. the cart. Okay, um. So John is currently all the way at the back. He has been riding behind the wagon almost the entire adventure uh, with Cece. Who's sitting in the wagon? It is Kelsey and David. I would then, I guess, gesture towards Kelsey. Okay. Would be the next person I trust the most. Okay. Uh, and I would like to stealth uh, and whisper something to her. Okay, sure. I'm a very loud person, though, so this generally does not end well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eight, like eight levels of that. Okay. So you sort of speak whisper to Kelsey. All right, so listen. <laughs> Never turn down a traveler, but also always be on your guard. Sketchy old people could, like, shank us and try and rob us of our goods. Ah, 
Uh, Finnevere, while you're walking her to the back of the cart, why don't you roll perception checks? <laughs> not hard to hear. Hopefully she's hard of hearing. Uh, that would be a 19. Okay. What do I happen to... Uh, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait until you're done. Okay. But what was your question? I am trying to get... I, I'm trying to learn more about this character's features. Uh, anything from skin color to hair color to eye color. Anything I can get. She's keeping her face pretty much covered and down away from the sunlight as, as if she's attempting to not be looking up too much just because maybe it's too bright out. Who knows? You know, skin cancer. I get it. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's a big thing in this era. They don't really have a way to cure that. Kind of kind of. They sucks. don't know what that is. Exactly. <laughs> we call it the sun poison. There is sun poisoning. That does exist. Um. Anyway. You don't notice much beyond the fact that this old woman seems to sort of walk hunched over. She could actually be about your height if she was able to stand up fully, but she seems to hobble along on her cane. You notice that her fingers are kind of long and knotty looking. Uh, I offer my arm for uh, uh, support. So you offer your arm out and you see as she sort of reaches over, oh, Yes, thank you, young man. She'll put her hand on your arm and sort of push off of it, and you kind of feel like an actually relatively strong push down from this woman. She seems to be pretty strong for her age, her assumed age. Her presumed age. Her elderliness. Is she like, you know, a bulkier person? Or like, I mean, from what I can tell from the shape of her cloak. It's very hard to tell, especially because the cloak seems to just go all the way around her body and down to her feet. Okay. I'm very suspicious of witches. I don't trust them. I do. Last one I met was amazing. She's the best in the world. Listen, I'm not going to turn away a witch because that's how you get cursed. You see, as she gets up into the wagon, she sits down pretty quickly, like onto the back of it and sighs heavily. And she adjusts her robe quickly around her legs. Lady must stay modest now. <laughs> yes. Would you mind taking me to the center of the bridge? I need to spread my husband's ashes over the water. Well, we've got to go over the bridge anyway, so I don't see why not. Oh, thank you. How, how kind of you. This is totally a plot by bandits. I'm calling it now. She wants us to stop the wagon in the center of the bridge so that we get ambushed by the rest of her party. I mean, that's a great plot point. I'll have you know. I like it. May or may not be what's <laughs> happening here. Who knows? But I am very suspect. You are you can be suspect all you want. Uh, I, I'm, I'm riding my generosity and ethics here. Yeah. Old woman in need. But you gotta, you gotta pay it forward. Charles Moon is helping the woman but not without suspecting her. Interesting. He's been duped too many times on the streets of New York. All right. So you begin making your way towards the bridge with this old woman now accompanying you. And she seems to ask you a few questions just about what's going on in Lambda's fight in town. The value of the car cargo we're carrying. General questions. <laughs> General questions. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did you ever want to try to sense her motives at some point? Oh, absolutely. I don't trust this woman. She's being too secretive. Okay. Who's uh, being secretive? The me woman. Or the woman? The old lady. Okay. I, I, I'm listening very intently to the conversation she's having, and I okay. wish to sense her motive. All right. So you are going to attempt to sense this old woman 
who was just sitting on the side of the road, minding mm -hmm. her own business until yeah. she saw some Yeah, kind, shielding herself with a cloak so we can't see kind who she is. passers-by. Uh-huh. Uh, 18 on my sense motive. Anything sussy about these conversations? What was your sense motive? 18 total for Charles Smoot. She seems to be asking some relatively harmless questions. I mean, mostly about what happened in Lamb's Respite recently. Has there been anything interesting going on in the neighborhood? And she was a little bit curious about what you were doing on the road. Yeah. But beyond that, she didn't seem like she was crying or doing too much. Okay, that's fine. Benavir will answer her questions. Chip uh, it's like, oh yes, uh, there's a great patch, uh, batch of new seekers this year. Uh, <clears throat> He's talking about us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he'll want to ask about uh, about uh, the one that uh, that passed. Uh, she said it was her husband. Yes. Uh, ask about him. It's like, you know, just what, what kind of guy was he like? She tells you a little bit about her husband and that he recently passed from an unknown illness, but his body was burned. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. As you guys approach the bridge, why don't you roll a perception check just to get a lay of the beautiful hmm. landscape? Mm -hmm. And all the bandits that are about to rob us. Okay, or that. I was going to say that there is a very pretty landscape that I had planned. But 17 okay. total perception for Chelsea. <laughs> very cautious about bandits. 28. Okay. That's a natural 20, but we don't do crits. All right. So you come up towards this bridge, which appears to have red stone walls and a brick-layered path oh my crossing over it. The river up ahead appears very wide and rushing. And Charles Smoot and Vinevere, you're taken back by the beauty of this area. You can see directly across the bridge, it's covered in this beautiful mossy vine that seems to just sweep over it. And there are lots of flora surrounding it. It's beautiful. Like, this is a Kodiak picture moment where you stop and just take in the beauty. I do love me some stone bridges, like, big time. Benavir, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. who appreciates uh, a showing of prosperity, a stone bridge is proof of a society. It is proof of progress and uh, proof of prosperity in general. Do you express that out loud? Oh, yes. Vinevere would be uh, quite uh, indulgent in his uh, appreciation. How big is this bridge and or river? The bridge can fit two wagons going either either direction across. Um, and there's a little bit of space. There's like extra space for maybe some horses to pass through how, as well. How long is it? Is more so what I'm saying. Um, like, is it like giant river, 200 foot long bridge? I have to think about that. Uh... River size-wise, we could say it's 60 feet. The bridge itself does seem that it goes extending further than the river, obviously, for safety. The bridge might be about 100 feet long. But just at the farther side towards the end, um, on one side it's about 60 feet, and on the other side it is also about 100 feet across. So the river seems to have a wider mouth and then gets gradually smaller and then opens back up. So this isn't too big of a river. No, it's not a very large river, but as you come up towards the river, you do notice that there does seem to be a sort of cliff face that goes down into it, probably about 50 feet high. 
So definitely a need for a bridge. There is a need for a bridge. Yeah, no one's going to be traversing that with ease. So yes, uh, Vinegar, as you say that, you actually kind of hear Valen speak up. Oh yes, you can thank Rayland for the bridge. After all, it is one of the wealthiest nations in the area, providing all the stone and craftsmanship. Uh, I would wholeheartedly agree with the sentiments. All right, uh, do we get to the center of the bridge? Vinevere, as you're coming along, you do notice with your perception, there seems to be some sort of like something that's like stuck in the side of the bridge, almost maybe like a um, maintenance kind of thing. Like a like a rope or yeah, a like, sign? Yeah, like there's like a rope with, not, not, not a sign, it's stuck on the side of the bridge. It's barely noticeable unless you were really looking for it. Uh, but you were very enamored by the architecture. Uh, does it look like it belongs there? It Yeah, it seems like it goes right along with it. The old woman slides off of the back of the cart and begins hobbling her way over towards the side. And as she is there, she begins to mutter something under her breath and pulls out the urn, supposedly of her husband's ashes, as she has told you. And as she mutters this under her breath, she begins to take off the lid and a slight breeze picks up, heading downstream, and she begins to scatter this powdery substance from inside of this urn. But as this happens, you see that this substance begins to sort of glow, and all of a sudden, you hear a loud explosion coming directly from where the powder was as it ignites itself. And all of a sudden, you see as this woman throws off her robe, and it is not a woman at all, but rather, it is a man familiar to you, Finevere and Charles Smoot. I called it. And he shouts, Ha! You thought that you could get away from El Chico and his banditos and yours? Well, I said no. Attack! And so he gestures, and you see that over the sides of the bridge come crawling these two large mantids ridden by a bandit each, and four other bandits climb over the side as well. Finevere, you now realizing those things sticking out of the side must have been pitons of some sort with rope attached that they were hanging off of. If only you had seen this coming. If only. Ah, Chico, how did you get here? What, are you stupid? What do you mean, how did I get here? I rode with you. No, I, 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 wow, you make a very convincing old woman. Yeah, you had me hook, line, and sinker. He blushes a little. My thank you, my acting has always been, wait a second, you're distracting me. Hang over the goods or else you all are going to pay. I'm pretty sure you remember how this went last time. Looking for a repeat? <laughs> well, your protector isn't here this time, is he? There won't be a repeat of last time. Smoot, I don't think he can see you. Wave your arms. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to need everyone to roll their initiative. Uh, both of us naturally crit, which ends up being a 22 for Finn and a 21 for Charles Smoot. It's go time. Okay, and so begins uh, the turn order. Top of the round. All right. So, El Chico, being the man that he is, runs to the back side of the bridge and climbs up atop one of the stone pillars. He seems to also grab for something behind it. And then you notice that he pulls out a bow. Taking cue from his bandit leader, one of the gruff-looking men charges in towards John, Cece, and their Aquinthian. He comes in with his axe and slashes across the creature's side, which brays in protest and pain. Not the horse! Hey, it's effective. Take out the mount, you can't run. No, I know. It is your turn. 
All right, it seems a fairly serious situation. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, at least nine enemies. Perhaps the defensive approach is the correct option. I'll uh, reach off my Bandalore for a mirror and smash it on the cart. Okay. Having the shards go uh, fly off and to uh, hopefully turn into several Finnevere copies. Uh, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that's a three? That, that's, a, that's a three. That is a, my first spell chance failed. As you smash the mirror, throwing it against the side, hoping that your spell would take effect, unfortunately, you accidentally slice yourself on your own mirror just a little bit, enough to break your concentration from casting the spell. And unfortunately, it is gone. The mirror and the spell. Ouch. Uh, I'll still take uh, movement action to try to get in front of the three of them. So you are technically mounted to the cart, so that would be part of your movement to dismount, is uh, what it's called. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, you get off. That's about five feet down. And then do you go forward towards this giant praying mantis that Quentin has moved you towards? Oh, I thought I could get off the other side, but could I leap over the horse instead of doing a regular dismount? That would still be, be an acrobatics. acrobatics yes. Jump. Or would that be like, what, a five-foot jump? Yeah. Uh, you would be landing in the square of the other horse, which is right next to it. Uh, I see. So here's the deal. You can normally freely move through an ally's space, but because the horse is a neutral party, you're going to need to roll an acrobatics to make a tumble-through maneuver. Okay. Uh, well, I'm trying to maneuver myself in front of these schmucks in front of the horse. So if I can go through the horse. So you would have to make, to move through one square, you're going to have to make an acrobatics for each square that you go through. Okay. I can, I'll, I can try that. You tell me what you want to do, and then I'll tell you what uh, to roll. Okay. Uh, I'd like to tumble underneath the horse and then move up until I'm in front of the, the first mantid, I guess. Okay, so you are going to make an acrobatics check to do a tumble mm -hmm. over the horse. Uh, over or under? Sure, if it's the same to do over or under, that's fine. Under would be very dangerous and you're... You could get trampled by the horse. Yeah. You ever try walking under a horse? I'm also, sure you have like to understand it. that the horse has a harness that kind of would block you from going underneath of it. So you would have to go prone in order to get underneath the horse. Okay, uh, so you want me to roll acrobatics? If you're going over the horse, yes. Yep, that's a 12. You were able to do so. So you tumble over the back of the sequinthian who brays in protest, and you land just shy of its hooves, more towards the front of the cart and closer to the enemies. The defender is here. The bandits that are standing in front of you begin to laugh heartily and jeer at your bold statement. All right. Well, Charles Smoot, now it's your turn. Charles Smoot will go ahead and grab his bastard sword and shield from out uh, equipping them. And then he would also step down from the wagon. And I believe that will be his full turn. Can I, I'm assuming I can stand directly behind uh, Valen's horse there, yes? Yes. Because the horse is only. It's only that it's a large two creature. by two. Yes. Yeah. Valen, get your rump out of my way. You hear more brays from the back and see that the flanking mantis attacks John's Aquinthian, drawing a streak of red as it cuts, but only seemingly grazes the surface. The real criminals. These horse murderers. You know, here I thought capturing horses and reselling them was a profitable business model, but no, we'll just murder all of the ones we come across. Listen, for a mantis, horse meat is not off the menu. Charles Smoot. Yeah, what do you need? 
As you quickly glance around the scene of the skirmish, your eyes catch on a bandit who seems to charge towards the wagon with a knife drawn. He lunges for Cerulean and cuts his reins loose. This man will die today. Kelsey desperately lunges towards this man, attempting to grab the lead from him. But she misses, and unfortunately, he swings with his dagger, barely missing her, but slicing off a few hairs which float away in the wind. You hear a loud shout sound come from behind you, and you see that the mantis rider who's flanking behind has thrown an axe, and it hits directly in Farron's leg, and you hear a scream very loudly in pain. Senator? Hey, hi, Squishy in the front line. From in front of you, a bandit comes charging at you with his dagger drawn. He slashes at you. What is your AC? Uh, At the moment, I believe it is 18. All right. So, Finevere Avir, you being a dexterous man, as well as being adverse to combat and also getting hit during combat, you are able to sidestep this man's attack. This this is why I'm okay with losing spell slots from time to time. You hear the sound of an arrow let loose, followed by a sudden shout and the sound of a body hitting the ground. You turn and you look and you see that David is out of the wagon. On the ground, there is an arrow sticking out of his shoulder, but... He is crawling underneath of the wagon, seemingly to escape from the combat. Oh god, oh god, oh god, I don't want to be here! <gasps> An innocent bystander! These are moral support! They're breaking the Geneva Conventions! I think attacking Davida does break the Geneva Conventions. They're more like Geneva suggestions. <laughs> Take cover! Funny you should say that, because as you do, you hear the sound of some glass shattering, followed by a small explosion and a mantis shrieking. You assume that some alchemist fire has been thrown by Farron. There's so much going on on this battlefield, it's hard to take it all in. You see Cece trying to get off of John's Aquinthian and him holding her back. And then you see a bandit come out from behind the mantis, running up towards the front of the wagon, reaching the reins of your Aquinthians. And Finevere Veer, he runs right past you, provoking an attack of opportunity. I'll say not a chance! 17. That does hit. Total of five damage. Oh, four zero strength score. <laughs> I understand why he's confused by my 12 damage dagger attacks. I'm a bird. A bard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You take your dagger and you actually slash down at this man's hand, hoping to direct him away from grabbing at the reins. You do do some damage to him, but it seems that from all of his years of experience on the road... He simply pushes right past you, grunting in some pain, but he grabs hold of the reins regardless. Finevere, your attention is drawn again back towards the front as you hear the shrieking sound of a mantis and its wings open up and begin to flap, and it hovers in the air and pulls back about ten feet, seemingly directed by its rider. You both can make a perception check, but Finevere, because your attention is drawn towards the front, you're at a minor disadvantage. Twenty-five is my elk okay. Your, your elk is fine. Oh, thank goodness. 14 for Finevere. Finevere, you don't notice this, but Charles Smoot, you hear the sound of several arrows being loosed very quickly, and another body falls down to the ground, dead. You turn and you see that the bandit that had attacked John's horse is dead. Dies. One shot, one kill. An angry shout fills the air, followed by the hissing sound of a mantis as its sight-like talon swings down at John who then blocks it with his bow. 
Valen seems to have dismounted his horse and is moving towards the rearmost mantis, although it also seems that he has once again summoned this strange-looking ethereal dagger, which emanates a cold aura around it. Also, Finnevere, I just realized you are currently now alone at the front of this wagon. I, I am comforted in the fact that I no longer have 12 HP. Well... I will probably soon have 12 or less HP. Well, that actually brings us to the top of the round. And Finevere Vir, because you are very focused on the front, you see as El Chico loses an arrow, which seems to have been aimed at Valen. It misses and clatters onto the ground. Finevere Vir, it is your turn. Oh, excellent. <laughs> you want a 1v5, bud? You, you're in a great position to. I'm probably going to try. So I will choose not to cast offensively. I'll anticipate the uh, attack of opportunity. It will bring it on, and I will cast Court of Shards. Okay. So, Finnevere, you take a diagonal step five feet, but the bandit seeing that you are about to cast, or you're pulling out your loot, being like, oh, God, this guy's a bard. Anyway, um, the bandit is going to attempt to hit you with his weapon, but unfortunately, he dinks against your loot, which has taken a lot more damage than it ever should have, but your loot stands up to this damage quite heartily. You monster! Court of Shards it. Go. All right. And that's pass. Uh, Court of Shards. So they each make a DC 13. So they need to make a reflex to have it or to reflex uh, out? Uh, 14 reflex for no damage. Okay. That's not good. As you strike the cord, you see as the sound materializes and slices directly into the mantis. But its rider is hidden behind the mount's body and is not hit. All right, stick it to that stick bug. It's, it's a mantis, excuse you. Charles Smoot, it is your turn. So, entering a barbarian rage as I come up to the bandit. As you step forward, the bandit who is holding Cerulean's reins manages to swipe you, and he does graze you for three piercing damage but you see his eyes are filled with terror as you march towards him with fury. I scoff, shirking off his dagger blow as I continue my approach and then attempt to strike him with my bastard sword. As you would. Roll to hit, please. That, that is looking pretty good. That's a good roll. Um, that is a good roll. And that definitely does hit, I'm telling you right now. Oh, that, that's good to hear. If you have more than, like, one point. Oh, I, I very do. Um, it would be a 22 to hit. 22 to hit does hit, please roll damage. Uh, 14 damage. As you bring your bastard sword down over an arc, you actually slice off this man's arm, cleaving through part of his gut, and his organs start to pour out through this wound that you've just made. He screams and falls to the ground in pain, and he dies from shock. Mine. Okay, two bandits down. Charles Smoot, in your enraged state, you glance around the battlefield, taking in what you can. You see that Valen is currently grappled by a mantis that is attempting to eat him. It's rioter hissing and cheering on this action. You also notice that Cece has been attempting to dismount from the Aquintium, but John is holding her back. You hear Kelsey's voice from behind you. Ah, Mr. Smoot, do you, do you want me to take Cerulean out of here? Stay. Okay, I will stay. 
Cerulean, stay! Land, land, she picks up Cerulean's reins and attempts to pull him back towards the cart. <laughs> How does that go? Well, the fact of the matter is you did say stay. I did say stay. And, and she Cerulean does not knows. have anything trained in handle animals, so she's pulling on the reins and is unable to go anywhere. Cerulean knows stay. It is one of his many tricks. Finnevere, back at the front, you see as the bandit that is near you smirks and he drives his dagger into your side and you feel it pierce deep into you doing some major damage you take nine piercing damage nine damage get critted he smirks as he pulls his dagger back and actually licks the blood off of it drawing it across his tongue I wouldn't do that I have syphilis <laughs> does your character your character canonically now has syphilis you're welcome but he's bluffing to say he has syphilis if it's, is it a lie Jada oh no I'm totally distracted I don't even know what syphilis is is this bandit smart enough to know? Yeah, if Jaden doesn't know what syphilis is, and now this bandit does. The bandit just kind of smirks. Me too. <laughs> cool kid, me too. Cool kid, get wrecked. Honestly, who also, who knows, like, what bloodborne diseases have been introduced into your body from these weapons? Uh, Finnevere Avir, you do notice that the mantis rider in front of you seems to fire off his bow. Not aiming at you, however, you're not sure what the target was, as the arrow seems to just fly off the side of the bridge. And at the same time, Farron rides up next to you on her Quinthian, seemingly attempting to assist you and also block the wagon from moving forward. However, the bandit, who is holding onto the reins, begins to pull to the side, and he starts to guide the wagon around you. Of course, this is changing the terrain of your combat. Charles Smoot, you hear a slight shriek from Kelsey as she falls into the back of the wagon. You realize that she had actually managed to get Cerulean to let her get close enough to get onto it. However, he stayed exactly where he was as the wagon began to pull away, and she lost her balance as well as grip of his reign. And as the wagon begins to pull away, you see as David's body becomes uncovered. He realizes this and stands up quickly. Oh, wait, wait one second. And he begins to run after the wagon and launches himself on top of it. Oh, no, you don't. Maybe my weight will slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> he makes his way towards the front with some difficulty and attempts to swipe for the reins, but without any luck. The mantis that was hovering the air begins to move forward, but stumbles over itself and actually lands back on the ground. It just seemed to be attempting to go towards Baron and her Aquinthian. Charles, you see, as John is pulling back on the reins of his Aquinthian and attempts to disengage himself from the combat, much to Cece's dismay. You also hear the sound of the mantis in the back kind of shriek in pain, as you see that Valen stabs it, but is still held within its grapple. Top of the round, El Chico no. begins to laugh. <laughs> and he prepares to fire off another arrow. At Perrin. At Perrin. Who's just a pincushion. Ah, she'll just down a bunch of health potions. She'll be fine. Drink a constitution mutagen or something. All of your attention is now drawn to El Chico, and you all see as he readies to loose this arrow, the string snaps and hits him in his left eye. And he takes one point of non-lethal damage. Of emotional damage. Ah, no, we are almost through. Do not give up, man. Continue. He really is just the emotional support. I should have made him a bard. He's just a bard. He really is. Benavir Beard, it's your turn. Oh, I get to take a turn. How hurt does the man did look? 
The one that's in front of you? Because mm -hmm. there's two. Two? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the one that's in front of me. Yeah. It looks like you've done some damage to it, but it's got a very thick shell. You see it, it's like little mandibles are moving around. All right. Uh, so what I'm going to do is, since I'm still standing on the square that I dropped my uh, dagger, I'd like to pick up the dagger, drop the loot, and make a standard attack action. Um, not for you consuming my swift action, but to make it an arcane strike. Uh, so am I good to roll? You may roll. All righty. So that would be a total of 13. Picking up an item is a move action that provokes an attack of opportunity. Then you get attacked twice um, by the bandit that is directly next to you, as well as the one that is starting to move his cart, moving your cart, actually, your wagon, towards the edge of the bridge. He needs you to get out of his way. And yeah, so there's no way to get out of this. What is your AC right now? 17. As the gruff-looking bandit to your right slashes at you, you're able to sidestep, but unfortunately you essentially go directly into the range of the bandit who is currently dragging away your wagon. He takes the opportunity and slashes into you, passing through your mithril chain. You take four piercing damage. Jaden's bloody. Uh, yeah, quite bloody. Uh, now I'm at uh, below old Finnevir damage, or health. I, I, I lost a Finnevir's worth of health. That's amazing. I mean, that's good. I mean, at least you have an, another Finnevir's worth of health. In but but Finnevir, it is still your turn, since you uh, did only a swift action and a move action. Yep. So I rolled the hit, which is a 10, but I would like to take... if it As soon as you tell me it fails, then I there's a spell that only activates after I've been told that this, an attack fails. Uh, are you talking about the spell that you can roll... Um, you basically just add three to make, see if it passes. Uh, Gallant Inspiration, add 2d4 to a failed attack. So what was your total, though? Uh, my total is 10. That would miss. Okay. And let's see if... 2d4? Not yet. And because oh, you're casting right. a spell, but their attacks of opportunity have already been used, you're not attacked again. Sounds about right. I add seven more to that for 17. So who are you hitting exactly? Oh, I should have specified. The yeah. guy to my south. Uh, the, 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 the guy... The guy with the horse. The guy with my horse. The guy with the wagon. Okay. So uh, that would hit. Please roll your damage. Four plus two for my uh, arcane strike for six damage. You take your dagger and drive it into this man's side. And you feel as you stab very deep into him, dealing a massive amount of damage. He appears to be on his last legs, but he continues to pull the wagon as if he has somewhere he needs to return to. And Charles Smoot, your turn. Charles Smoot would rear back with his bastard sword, attempting to swing at the mantis's wing with a power attack, which would be a total minus four penalty. However, my to hit is a total 22. Okay, that definitely hits. Please roll your damage. And I believe Cold Shot gives you bonus, correct? It will do 11 damage, but on top of that, for the next D4 of rounds, I can roll that if you would like. Uh, the creature will take a minus two penalty on anything in attempting to use the item that I just attacked, which would have been his wing. Okay, so you're taking basically away its flying capabilities because it's already at a minus five. You hack into its rightmost wing, not cutting all the way through, but definitely causing it to be stunned. And it buzzes its left wing and hisses angrily. Uh, and how many rounds did you say? Three. Okay, so would you mind just tracking that for us? We are currently on round three, but you do do a lot of damage to this creature's wing and it is sort of sputtering on the other side. It releases Valen from the grapple, dropping him to the ground and it turns the attention to you, Charles Smoot. Fight me. Valen nods to you. 
Thanks. The mantis in front of you seems to raise up both of its arms in an attempt to grapple you. What is your... Low. Piss poor. I know your AC. It's... 15. Okay. Wait. I have an increased strength score right now. So, 17. Uh, it has a 23. Oh, absolutely. And I'm assuming it has improved grapple. Yeah. So you take four damage when it grabs you with its pincer claws. And then on top of that is going to attempt to bite you with its mandibles. Yes, I'm denied my dexterity. I'm gaining AC. <laughs> Not how that works, but it is fine. Okay, it's going to attempt to bite you with its mandibles. We'll see if it can actually bypass your AC anyway. 11. It does. It takes a big chunk and bites into your shoulder. You take seven points of damage. We traded blow for blow. I dealt 11 damage, and then I took 11 damage. As this is happening, Charles Smoot, you see as the rider, she slides off the back of this mantis and takes her axe, attempting to finish him off. But he is able to block it with his rapier and actually pushes it off and rolls to the side. Breathing heavily, he looks over at you, Charles Smoot. Hey, you got the big guy, right? Mine. All right, got it. He seems to ready himself and then begins to charge forward towards the bandit. Using his right hand to wield his rapier, and his left hand he uses to direct this hovering dagger, which, as he attacks, both the dagger and his rapier pierce into this woman, slicing her into ribbons, and she falls dead to the ground. Finnegar, the bandit next to you, attempts to slash at you once again. He tries to do a very fancy move, however, and this causes him to fumble, and he is unable to actually get past your armor. The last mantis rider seems to once again attempt to fire an arrow, seemingly aiming at Farron, but missing as it lands directly in a crevice in the stone. And in response, she lobs what appears to be another alchemist fire at the mantis and rider, which explodes over top of them causing some damage. The wagon is being drawn further away, and you see as the frontmost mantis and rider begin to withdraw themselves following a signal from El Chico. Kelsey and David quickly move towards the front, attempting to grab at the reins. And David is going to try. Guys, wish David some luck here. He's trying. David grabs the reins. It was my good luck wishing. It was definitely your good luck wishing. And he pulls back the horse, stops in its tracks at the edge of the bridge. David, take the wheel. Take it from his hands. Back at the top of the round. El Chico. El Chico laughs haughtily. <laughs> Look at this. Me and my banditos are going to win. Let go of the reins now while you can. Your banditos are being slaughtered. Surrender now. He hops down off the top of this wall of the bridge, and he begins making his way around and attempts to grab the reins himself to help move the wagon forward. They're currently contesting, though, with David and Kelsey. Finavir, it's your turn. Okie dokie. HP is not doing so good. Uh, <clears throat> however, uh, desperate all the time for all the measures. Okay, so what I'm going to need to do is run around that horse. I'm going to curve around the right. I'm going to end my turn there, and that's where I will drop my dagger and pull out my crossbow as part of my move action. Okay, so... Finnevere moves around the horse going to the right and then curving around it. Unfortunately, you did happen to provoke an attack of opportunity from yep. the bandit that is directly next to you. So before you complete your movement, he's going to try and hit you. And again, you get slashed very, very deeply, but this time in your leg, and you take 10 points of damage. 
Uh, that might be, that maybe it might be the end. Uh, no, he has one HP remaining. Remember, it's not the end unless you, like, reach one your- One HP remaining. Constitution score. Uh, with my crossbow, I'll- Did you I, have a bolt ready? I always have a bolt ready. Okay. Swift action, imbue weapons. What's the negative to shoot someone in the leg? Minus two. Uh, I'd like to make a called shot for El Chico's leg. Okay. Roll to hit. It, it was a 14. It does not hit. And I'll use my last galleon in separation. So that adds a 6 to when it was a 14. So 19. It hits. All right. Uh, so the damage is, it's five. It's a three, three for the crossbow plus a two for arcane strike. I'm hoping this lowers his mobility. I don't really know what. A call shot to the leg reduces the creature, the targeted or the affected creature's movement speed by 10 feet for the next 1d4 rounds. I guess I keep track of this one. Four. So you shoot El Chico in his leg. He grimaces in pain. Ah, how dare you? It is now Charles Smooth's turn. Seeing as I am grappled, the only logical conclusion is to slay the beast. Do it. Uh, using my one-handed master sword, seeing as I have exotic weapon proficiency. <laughs> Rolling a natural crit, Charles Smooth attack with the bastard sword will do a total of 23 damage. So, you take your bastard sword and you actually just swing horizontally across, slashing into the creature's head, cutting it clean off. This is like your favorite execution kill now, really I guess. It is. Um, and you see as the head goes flying and it rolls in the air and then lands splat right on the ground right behind Valen. Dead. Okay, Charles Smooth, you have been dropped. Uh, I will begin moving towards the rest of my party. Where are you moving to? Charles Smooth begins mo moving forwards towards the other end of the bridge and begins approaching the other bandit, which just recently attacked Finnevere. Why do I feel like it's more like one of those like stomp, stomp oh, kind of things? Oh, it is. I literally just decapitated this large praying mantis and I'm coming after another And you victim. have like this like swagger walk going too as you go? 100%. Oh man, this uh, this, this man's going to be terrified by the end of this. <laughs> Can I roll intimidate? I have two of your heads. <laughs> Why don't you make it three? Well, it's actually this bandit's turn. I will allow you, because there was a crit, I will allow you to take that get intimidate, and I'll give you a bonus. Uh, 17 base without applying any bonuses for Charles Smooth's intimidate. This bandit appears absolutely terrified, seeing the head of this mantis go flying. It appears shaken, demoralized even, who knows? In fact, so terrified, she begins to withdraw from combat. Fair enough. I think I would do the same. She actually launches herself over the side of the bridge, grabbing onto the rope. <laughs> so scared she jumps off the bridge. Grabbing onto the rope on the side and begins climbing her way back. Kelsey grabs onto the reins with David, and they both begin pulling back on the horse's reins. This is going to be, well, both of them contesting against this. You probably get another round or two before uh, El Chico gets to run off. I like him coming back. I mean, it follows my business model. Get mugged. Profit. <laughs> El Chico just keeps coming back. You guys make so much money off of him. All right. So the last mantid and bandit stand tall at the edge of the bridge. He looks towards El Chico as if to ask for direction. Do we stay? Do we fight? Or do we run and flee? But with little to no response, he takes his own action. He knocks an arrow and looses it, shooting at 
Finnevere who is currently on the ground. If he hits Finnevere I apologize. I think he dies. Nope. No, he's die. got, no, it's just got to be his constitution score total. I, I can almost guarantee you a crit won't but, kill yeah, Finnevere. You won't be killed. Finnevere an arrow comes flying and thunks directly into your shoulder. You feel as your body begins to lose consciousness as you take seven points of damage and you fall to the ground unconscious. Can I, can I mutter something as I As you fall? pass out? Yeah. You get, I'll give you three words. Uh, <clears throat> I, I look towards Smoot and as loud as his lungs allow, keep Cece safe. Oh God, Charles Smoot is going to be pissed. That man shall die today. <laughs> I've killed men for less. <laughs> like, like, no joke. Like, straight facts. Okay. You hear as pretty much Farron, Kelsey, Cece, David, everybody in your party, except Valen, who has no idea what's going on behind, they all scream, Finnevere! It is currently Farron's turn, but I will give the group, specifically Charles Smoot, <laughs> at this point. You guys have one opportunity to scare them away. Oh, I have no intention of scaring them away. Okay. Well, I will say that your um, presence currently, your appearance is very frightening right now. But if you do not wish to use this as an opportunity to make sure your friend does not die, I'll be, that is I'll your be choice. Fine. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Unless El Chico comes up and like kicks him in the spleen as like a petty like, haha, nerd, you insulted me. <laughs> he might in a he second. Might. <laughs> that sounds like something El Chico would do. Kick a man while he's down. Okay. Farron slides off of her mount and actually goes over to Finnevere and begins to make a heal check because she does not have any potions readily available at this time. <laughs> because she used them on Charles Smooth. Oh, I so Finnevere, can you hear me? When? The other day? Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess she didn't prepare any for the day. She doesn't have all the same materials to have them on hand at all times, but is it is he really worth it right now? Who knows? She can go <laughs> Who's worth the Yara root, really? That's a good question. Who, it's hard to come who, by. Who in this society can you truly say is worth the Yara root? <laughs> so she is going to make a heal check on Finnevere to stabilize you. She crit, so um you actually are no longer dying. In fact, you regain one hit point from her patching up one of your wounds very quickly and very shoddily. But you are barely able to get up. You're prone currently, so you'll have to take a movement action to get up next round. Wait, wait, he's... Wait, wait I'm, I'm, still you, I'm still negative five, though. He's at negative six. You said he healed one I HP. I am saying you are brought back up to one, not... Oh, oh my gosh. So she healed him for seven? Yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh. My hero. Bokuno Hero Academia. Just don't get hit again. Cece actually manages to wrench herself free from John Xavier's grasp, and she runs forward, shouting, Mr. Finnevere! Finnevere, Vera, you see as the rider who's on top of the mantis kind of urges on his mantis to come after you, hoping to finish off the job before anything else can happen. Maybe get away. I'm not pulling punches today. I'm sorry. I mean, you just gave him a miracle 7 HP, so I don't think he's complaining. Yeah, I mean, I, I, anything that happens is it's deserved at this point. I, I kind of knew the odds weren't great when I went up there. Okay. Finnevere Vera, what is your AC right now? Dexless because you're prone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but I also... You get your plus one from your buckler because you didn't use that arm. He's currently just like with his arm over his face. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, no, no. Yeah, it would be, I, w I would get the buckler, but I would lose the deck. So yeah, 16. 
The mantis swoops in with both of its arms, picking you up, and you feel as its claws kind of pierce in your body, and you take five damage. And in addition to that, it is going to attempt to bite you. But don't worry, it's probably going to miss because it has a plus zero with its bite. This man's so dead. Did you just kill Finavir of What's your total con score? Ten. Ten. I have... Uh, oh, you're fine. I have six negative HP to go, and on the sixth is... You take five damage. I take oh, five from the bite. Oh, you're, you're, you're one <laughs> HP from death. From, like, permadeath death. death. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't come back. <laughs> oh, God. Like, if I kill this mantis and it drops you, you might die from fall damage. Oh, man. Uh, do I get more dramatic three-word death? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like a, ah. I mean, if you really want to, I'll, I'll give you, as it picks you up, <laughs> you get you get three words, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> just in case, are those your words? No, 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 no. <laughs> Was that it? Click. <laughs> uh, Is that all you got? Look up at Kelsey. Find your home. <laughs> yep. Find your home? Don't save me. <laughs> <laughs> We shouldn't be laughing about this. Okay. Currently, the cart is at a standstill. Neither side has, like, pulled strength on both sides. It's, like, been been even. You hear Valen shout from behind you. What the hell are you doing? I thought you were taking care of it, Baron. (laughs) She kind of got shot multiple times. All right. The contestation continues. He laughs heartily. (laughs) See, you can do nothing without your protector here. Give up now, and we will let you live. And, oh, well, while he's distracted, uh, the horse manages to pull the reins from his hand. And he looks surprised. In fact, El Chico begins to back up. You take care of this. I'll meet you back at the camp. And then he begins to run off. At a minus 10 movement speed each round for the next... If Finnevere dies, I am tracking Chico till his grave. (laughs) I want you to understand. Benavir, it is your turn. All right. You're, so oh. if this dice He's not doesn't stabilized. equal a 10 or higher, oh, no. this is the end of Finnevir. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no! Jaden! Uh, these, these are the risks you take this is when you put love into a character. Oh, God. For what is beauty oh, no. without oh, no, the no, risk no, no, of no. loss. No, 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 no. And ladies and Would gentlemen. Would you like to take your inspired for today? Uh... <laughs> That sounds like a great that, idea, since wait, inspired can wait. be applied to quote any d20 roll. He's unconscious. Find your home. Yeah, finding my inspiration to live. That's a pretty strong inspiration. That's a good point. Oh, uh, come on, come on, you got this. On, All right, first roll is eleven. Eleven. Ah! He's alive. Oh my God, we almost lost Finnevere. You're gonna come home and tell Esther. <laughs> almost lose Finnevere. You are stable. Charles Smoot, it is your turn. Uh, Seeing his companion in peril, he will make a charge attempt at this mantis, all the while screaming, Finnevere! Okay. You charge forward, blood raging in your eyes, your body filled with so much anger and rage. In fact, Charles Smoot, you feel something odd coursing through your body. It's something that you've never felt before. In your mind, you have this flash of a black ooze of sorts. It seems to almost pump through your veins and you see it in your mind, making like a wave inside of you. Charles Smoot has a total of 25 to hit. Okay. 
and does 20 damage to the mantis specifically. As your rage fills you, you can feel almost as if your skin begins to harden and you bring down your bastard sword across this mantis, slashing completely through its torso. And you see almost as if your arm has turned a silver gray color, which fades very quickly as this mantis's body falls to the ground, its rider also falls to the side of it. The mantis, the last mantis is dead. The rider then quickly stands up and begins to flee. I'm sure he does. Mm, Chico gets another turn before me. He'll escape. Very sad. Baron immediately runs over to where Finnevere's body is currently laying. She again attempts to do a heal check. I promise after this, I am going to sit down and I'm going to make more health potions. There's got to be some yarrow around here somewhere. <laughs> this was like great. I'm actually happy I almost killed somebody. <laughs> Glad you are. Vinavir, you are brought to be stabilized. So as long as there isn't, like, a cool breeze that deals one damage, you'll live, but the bird dies in no time. Like, a bird pooping on you might kill you at this point. Continuing on and hopefully getting to the end of this combat, Cece also runs up around trying to push past Charles and she seems to place her hand on Finnevere. Mr. Finnevere, Mr. Finnevere, can you hear me? If you can, please uh, blink or or nod your head. That would also be good. Okay, that's about all she can do or else she's going to end up killing Finnevere. Uh, excuse me? The bandit that is currently holding the reins of this horse, seeing that his comrades have abandoned the field, drops them and also flees. And that is the end of combat. Until smooth picks up the crossbow from Fendervere and hunts them down to the last man. Like, honestly, almost considerable. John rides his horse up. Well, I'm glad you guys handled it. Handled it? Fendervere almost died. That was probably because of poor positioning. I thought you learned something on the trial. Me? I, I, I was handling all these other things. I had to kill two giant mantises. My elk almost died. Kelsey was in danger. John reaches into his pack and he actually pulls out what appears to be a small potion of some kind. He tosses it towards Farron. Give him that. You should be fine in a minute. And you are administered a potion of cure moderate wounds at fifth level. You want Go to ahead roll and, that? Yep. Three D8. Two. Five. Plus five. So twelve. So, uh, Finnevir, you are brought to consciousness. Your body, I think, right? Yeah. Your body laying on the ground, surrounded by your friends. Mostly friends. Uh, I look forward to when I retire. <coughs> John laughs, and he says, I hope you've learned something. If you don't have the strength to be in the front lines, don't be there. Got part of my creed. Reputation. If we let the goods get away. <laughs> well, on the upside, you didn't lose your cargo. So there's that. But I will say, be smarter. Your friends are here, and they've got a bit more meat on their bones. And he gestures towards... Charles Smoot. I guess now's as good a time as any to take lunch. Let's take a short break. Fine by me. And he begins to ride his horse to the other side of the bridge, where now you all have a moment to take a break. And this is where we're going to end off today's episode of The Gate Chronicles. Goodbye! Bye, guys! Don't worry. I'll be back. And Gar we'll be waiting. Curse you, El Chico!
I don't want to be here. No, I do not. The weed not interested in dying. I don't want to be stuck under this cart. The weed not interested in dying. Thank you. Uh, maybe I'll do this again next week. <laughs>